You're listening to a CFCC audio podcast. For news and service times, visit www.cfccnet.org. Taking、uh, my kindergartner and my fifth grader to school. I happen to have an office at home, so I drop them off at school. I go back home, and I watch all that's going on. I was not there, but I saw report after report. I was in the Washington D.C. area, so when the Pentagon was hit, when one of our nursery workers at our church was killed, it struck close to home. What if on September twelfth, two people were walking down the streets of New York City, and someone comes alongside them because they're dialoguing very intensely, and the man says, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Well, we're talking about everything that's happened these last twenty-four hours. What things?" Are you nuts? Have you been sleeping? Now, guys, none of us would, if we knew it was Jesus. Was are you nuts? But that's pretty much what's happening on the road to Emmaus. Cleopas lists all these qualities about Jesus. He was mighty in word and deed. He taught with authority that no one had taught with before. He performed miracle after miracle, even raised the dead. But our rulers judged him and condemned him. He was hung on a cross. Oh, there's some people saying that they couldn't find his body, but no one. Has seen him. There's a phrase that stands out to me. If I can find it, <laughs> there it is. I'm getting too old. Verse twenty-one. Four words. But we had hoped. But we had hoped. Do you hear the sadness in that? Do you hear the disappointment in that? Seriously, they had hoped. They no longer hope. In all seriousness, I believe that's exactly what's taking place here. And when we see what Jesus does in a few moments, he takes them on a rapid course from Genesis to, in the Jewish Bible, Chronicles, and he teaches them about himself. Cleopas, we had hoped. You know, disappointment 
Disappointment is a fact of life. Say, man, Dale, that's really encouraging on Easter Sunday. No, it is. Either you have been disappointed, you are disappointed right now, or you will be disappointed. If you have any dreams, any aspirations, any hopes, you will be disappointed. And so you can choose, either have no dreams, no hopes, aspirations, or take the risk and risk disappointment. That's what they did. Their whole life was wrapped up in this man named Jesus. The hope of freedom, the hope of redemption, the hope of being the true people of God in that place at that time but it was ended like that. We had hoped. Look at verse 28, 25. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So think about it for a moment. He starts in Genesis and he talks about the serpent striking the woman's heel and the woman crushing the seed of woman, crushing the serpent's head. That's what Jesus did. They go to Exodus and they talk about the rock and the rock that brought forth water for the people of Israel. Jesus is the water of life. They go forward even further and they talk about the brazen serpent lifted up on the pole and anyone who would look to it would be healed. And they're reminded Jesus' words, if the Son of Man be lifted up, he will draw all men unto himself. I figure Jesus camped out with them in the book of Isaiah and he camped out over the prophet's words. Isaiah, the one who would say, behold, a virgin will give birth and you will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Or maybe Jesus camped out over these words. I think these 
pilgrims, these travelers on the road to Emmaus, their hearts are being stirred. Their hearts, cold hearts, are being warmed. Listen to these words. Isaiah 53. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace." And with his wounds, we are healed. All we, every one of us in this room, like sheep, have gone astray. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Maybe Jesus went on to Ezekiel and Daniel and told them that the same one who would suffer as the Lamb of God would come again as the Lion of Judah, the ruling king. Maybe he would say, and every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is king. He takes them on a journey through the Old Testament. Their understanding was open. Their eyes were opened to the incredible message of a Savior, the Messiah, who was different than they understood who would suffer and die to free his people, who would be raised to life in victory. The Bible says they're still on their journey. When I say one of the most vivid pictures of the resurrection of Jesus, I join scores of others in saying those words. This is a story just like you and I could be in the middle of. They're on a journey. They're in the midst of disappointment. It's the perfect drama. There's highs and there's lows. There's real sadness. There's epiphanies. Their eyes are opened. So they drew near the village to which they were going. He, Jesus, acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly saying, stay with us for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. In other words, they wouldn't take no for an answer, right? You know, come on, have dinner with us. Oh no, I really have something. Oh, come on, that can wait, right? Come to the table. And so Jesus did. When he was at the table with them, 
He took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? You see, he opened to them good news. That is the gospel. The fact that All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way. Each of us have chosen our way over God's way. Each of us have been through disappointment or might be in disappointment. What is disappointment? I didn't expect this. I had an appointment with this scenario in life. I thought maybe marriage was going to be like this and it's the opposite. I thought this job that I dreamed of was going to be like this, but it's the opposite. Maybe it's even, I thought my faith journey was going to take me here, but it's taken me to the opposite. By the way, being a follower of Jesus doesn't mean all your problems are taken away, right? Disappointment does occur in all of our lives. The question is, will our disappointment blind us and block our view of Christ? Will it blind us and block our view of what God has in store for us? You see, at the table that day, they realized that the hope that they had in the past was still real. It was alive. Jesus was king and is king. Jesus died, but now he is risen. Jesus said, John records, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Have you heard that verse? You say, Dale, that's a cute image up there. I don't eat at a table with candelabras. I don't know why you have that. No, this is the nicest meal possible. Because Jesus isn't inviting you to a peanut butter sandwich as much as I love them. He's inviting you to a feast. You will not go away hungry. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to eat with him and he with me. If you're a follower of Jesus, 
I invite you to the table of grace today. I'm going to ask those serving communion to come forward at this time. We will have prayer partners up here and we will have um, couples serving communion. The way we take part in communion here is that you come forward and you will be given a piece of bread representing the body of Christ, the body of the risen Christ, the Lamb of God who is now the Lion of Judah. And we will remember his sacrifice. You will take that bread and you will dip it in the cup representing the blood of Jesus. Jesus says, come to the table. Celebrate my grace. Father, we thank you. We thank you that each and every one of us, we are on a journey And whether we know it or not, we are on a faith journey. And Father, whether we're followers of Jesus or yet to follow Jesus, Father, I am so thankful that you lean into us. You meet us in our doubt. You meet us in our disappointment. You open our eyes to truth. And you give us an incredible choice, the choice of a lifetime. We can open the door of our life and feast with Jesus. Father, help us celebrate Jesus today. In his name we pray. Amen. Won't you come? Think of the excitement that the couple experienced that day. I mean, excitement like they'd never experienced before. In fact, they'd taken that journey to Emmaus, they turned right around and went back to Jerusalem. We've met the king, he's alive. If you would just say with me, with passion, he is risen. He is risen. Again, he is risen. Come on, you can do better. He is risen. Amen. Now think about this. What might be blocking your view of the most powerful truth of all ages in all creation, the fact that Jesus is risen. You see, God has a plan for each and every one of us. He does not want us to live life on this path of disappointment. He wants our eyes to be open to the power of the resurrection. He doesn't want our hope to be crushed. He wants to crush our disappointment. And he can. Remember that verse, behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
if any man hears my voice, I will come in. I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. I don't know about you, that just amazes me that the creator of the universe wants to sit down at a table with me. He is risen. He is risen. Whatever has you stuck, whatever's keeping you from moving forward in your faith journey, he is risen, come to the table. He will welcome you there. Our prayer partners are here. I know many of you are guests. I know it's a large crowd, but you know, there's never a bad time to pray. Our prayer partners are here. They're in the back. Maybe you just want to give some area of your life over. And maybe you just want to say with a prayer partner, he is risen. I'm moving forward in life. Maybe you want to do that right where you're sitting. I'm going to close this with a passage of scripture. These are the words of Paul in Colossians as we go. Chapter 1, verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, has now he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. He is risen. Amen. God, we thank you for the Lord Jesus, for the resurrection of the dead, for the hope that we have in the gospel. And we praise you with our lives as we go out of this place. May you be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace. Happy Easter.